1: I recently started playing the classic video game Time Pilot again. The thing about Time Pilot is that I'm not very good at it. Now there's a lot of video games that I'm not good at. But there are some games that I'm not good at that I really, really would like to be good at. Time Pilot is one of them. Another one of them is Dragon's Lair. As I mentioned on the site before, the town that I grew up in had a couple of places that had video games. The pizza parlors would have them, the supermarket had them, the laundromat, a couple of places. But every once in a while, a new place would just get a video game. Across town from where I lived, there was a video store that opened. And there was one video store already in town that everybody went to. So this new one opened, everybody got excited, everybody joined. This is back when you actually paid to join a video rental store and then paid to rent them. Well, this one was close enough to a pizza parlor my family would go to that we joined this one. And a fella worked behind the counter, collected the videotapes, a job that later I would do at another store. After a couple of months of being in business, a video game appeared in their back room, and that game was Dragon's Lair. I saw some older kids playing and was fascinated with the graphics and the interactivity of it, and I wanted to play, but it was 50 cents. I had heard of 50 cent games, games that you sat in and played, but had never seen a stand-up one. But let me tell you, this game looked worth it. So as soon as I was able to raise 50 cents, I went over, plopped my quarters in, immediately lost. Then, over the course of the next few months, every time I was able to get money, I would run over there to play Dragon's Lair. And I almost never improved at the game. I was horrible at it. At some point, and I have no idea when, I was too immersed in Dragon's Lair. The guy who worked there, the young guy, started selling comic books from his own collection in long boxes right next to the counter. So he's watching me play one day, and was seeing how frustrated I was getting. And he said to me, why do you bother wasting your money on that game? I didn't really know, I just wanted to be good at it. He said, you know, you'd be better off taking those coins and buying some comic books. Now, of course, he's making a sales pitch. But then he said, every comic in these boxes has a price on it, but I'll tell you what I'm going to do. You come in here, you have your 50 cents, you give me the 50 cents, you could take any two comics you want. I thought, wow, that was kind of generous, because I had seen there were some older comics in there. And from that moment on, instead of playing Dragon's Lair, I would buy comic books. He had successfully changed... The course of my life. I mean, up to that point, I was into comic books, but here I was getting all these back issues of comics that I never thought I would. And my collection grew and grew and grew. And I remember my one friend being in there one day and he wanted to buy a comic book, a Conan comic book. And he said, can I get this comic for a quarter like me? And the guy said, no, which made me smile. And my friend asked why he said, because I want that kid to have my collection. And I don't think I want you to have it. I have no idea why he chose me. I have no idea, but at that point I felt driven to get as many comics as I could, and I stopped playing Dragon's Lair completely from that point on. Every quarter I got, went over comic books. After about a year, the comics went away. A couple months after that, Dragon's Lair went away. Five years after that, the video store went away. I have no idea where that guy is right now. I look over to my right, and I have boxes of comic books, and I value all of them and yet I am still frustrated that every time I go to an arcade that happens to have a working Dragon's Lair game, I am horrible at it. Would I have been good at it? Were these comics worth it? Probably. But if it wasn't for Dragon's Lair, and my inability to play it, I wouldn't have them. So I'd like to thank that guy who gave me all these wonderful comics, I'd like to thank Dragon's Lair for being so difficult, and for frustrating me enough that an older fella would realize that a kid needed a better hobby, and help me move on. On today's show, we're going to talk about Dragon's Lair. We'll talk about the production of the game, who worked on it, where it came from. We'll talk about the technology involved in making this amazing game. We'll talk about the reception of it, its sequels. We'll touch upon a game that probably deserves its own podcast, Space Ace. We'll talk about its ports, remakes. We'll talk a little bit about the cartoon and comic books, our potential to see Dragon's Lair in the future. And we'll throw in a few surprises here and there. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show. For those not in the know about Dragon's Lair, it's about a hero named Dirk the Daring who attempts to rescue Princess Daphne from the evil dragon Singe. The game is not your typical video game from the era. When you see it back then or even now, it kind of blows your mind because the graphics are sort of what we called in those days Disney style, just really detailed and amazing. And we'll talk about why that is in a bit. But in the game, You basically have to execute a series of moves by pushing the joystick or pressing a sword button with the correct timing. If you do that, you move on to the next scene. If you don't, you get these unusual death scenes. And I saw a lot of those death scenes. If you've never been lucky enough to be in an arcade that had Dragon's Lair, it had a really great attract mode that turned heads. It went a little something like this. Dragon's Lair the fantasy adventure where you
0: become a valiant knight on a quest to rescue the fair princess from the clutches of an evil dragon you control the actions of a daring adventurer finding his way through the castle of a dark wizard who has enchanted it with treacherous monsters and obstacles In the mysterious caverns below the castle, your odyssey continues against the awesome forces that oppose your efforts to reach the Dragon's Lair.
1: Lead on, adventurer. Your quest awaits. The game began as a concept by Rick Dyer, who was inspired by the text game Adventure, to make a game that he dubbed the Fantasy Machine. Now, this invention went through a couple of incarnations, starting as a simple computer using paper tape, and it had illustrations and text, to a video disc containing still images and narration. And in that version, you played a graphic adventure called Secret of the Lost Woods. Now, Dyer tried to sell this to a whole bunch of people, and nobody was buying. Then I read that he went and saw a movie, a movie that many of you might be familiar with, called The Secret of Nim, and realized that he needed higher quality animation and action to bring immersion into the game. So he picked a location from the Secret of the Lost Woods known as the Dragon's Lair and decided to build the game around that. Now Dyer was president of Advanced Microcomputer Systems which would later become RDI Video Systems and he had a team of designers create the characters and locations the art department at Advanced Microcomputer Systems worked on storyboards for each of these to act as a guide and then it went to Final Animation Now, the animation is where it really gets interesting. The game was animated by veteran Disney animator Don Bluth in his studio, and it really was the highest quality animation that anyone had seen in a video game at the time. Now, development of the game was on a very tight budget, and they had a very short development window. It took seven months to complete and cost one million dollars, which is amazing for what you're getting. Because they were on such a tight budget, they couldn't afford to hire real professional voice actors. So, the animators used their own voices for the characters. There was one exception, Michael Rye, worked as the narrator in the attract sequence. He's also the narrator in Dragon's Lair 2 and Space Ace, which we'll talk a little bit about later. Princess Daphne, who if you played the game, you have heard her voice, was voiced by a woman named Vera Lamfer, who was head of the cleanup department while they were making that game.
0: Please save me! The cage is
2: locked with a key! the dragon keeps it around his neck
1: Dirk the Daring's voice belongs to film editor Dan Molina Dan Molina still works in animated films he most recently worked on Disney's Chicken Little and provided the voice for Fish Out of Water if you've played the game you realize that Dirk doesn't speak very much he does exclaim and shriek often but he says very few words and you can probably remember that uh-oh that he says stuck in my brain The music and sound effects were scored by EFX Systems in Burbank by Chris Stone. The game technical overview. You can't talk about an innovative game like Dragon's Lair without touching a little bit about the technology. Two models of Pioneer Laserdisc players shipped with the game when it first came out. The LDV-1000 or the PR7820. The problem was that these often failed. Now, it wasn't because they were bad players. They were good, but Laser disc players weren't designed to take the strain that Dragon's Lair put on it. They move sort of in a linear, gradual fashion. But Dragon's Lair, with all its jumping, required the laser to move around a lot. And when you move moving parts around often, they tend to break. Dragon's Lair was very popular, so in a short time, often the laser disc would break and have to be repaired or replaced. Because of this, it is very rare to find a Dragon's Lair game intact. With its original player, and many modern arcade games that you see that are still working have been put together using kits. In America, the game used a single-sided NTSC laser disc manufactured by Pioneer, and it was one-sided. And I say it was one-sided because the other side was metal, and it was metal to prevent bending. In Europe, the discs were of course PAL and were manufactured by Atari, and for some reason those ones were not metal-backed. And technical overview. When Dragon's Lair hit in the summer of 83, the arcade industry and video game industry in general wasn't doing very good. So when it hit arcades, people were excited and this gave the video game and arcade industry hope that maybe things were going to turn around, that technology would prevail. The game was reported in the news and there would often be lines leading away from it, which stinks when you're waiting in line and the game breaks down while you're waiting.
0: The
2: familiar din of the video arcade is fading out. Business has dropped in half over the past year. And companies like Atari claim losses of more than $350 million. The slick, swift-paced space games are taking a nosedive, and analysts predict a crunch in the industry by Christmas. The craze has definitely peaked. But there is something completely different that's invading the video emporium these days, and it's a result of the recent marriage between the laser and computer technology. It's pretty amazing to see, so if your game, let's coin up. Enter the world of the Dragon's Lair. It's big news at most arcades these days because of its unique action. The screen transforms into another dimension, and the player controls the fate of a real character whose
0: quest is to slay the dragon. It's too hard. Oh, I think it's about the best game I've ever played. It took me at least $40 dollars before, you know, I killed the dragon. And...
2: One thing about these new games are a bit more expensive than the regular arcade games. These cost 50 cents to play, and Dave here is going to stand behind me and help me in case I make a mistake. Okay. The player is responsible for the safety of Dirk, the hero of the story. Now, it's Dirk's mission to kill the dragon and save the princess. But first, he must face a series of fatal obstacles. Like any good cartoon, Dirk is up against every imaginable peril. Only here, in order to win, you must make all the right choices to get him to his happy end. And take it from me, it's not easy, but a real challenge to both adults and kids.
0: This makes you want to save the lady, you know. It's pretty much fun. I like it a lot. You don't know what's going to happen next, so it'll make you jump if you do something wrong. It's like, no, exciting.
2: The idea of turning cartoons into video games was developed at Rick Dyer Industries.
1: We're in the entertainment business, and no one had really come out with anything new, some, a new novelty, something and people were sick of, of computer graphic games that didn't have appeal. They're tired of it. They wanted something a little more real. By July of 83, 1,000 machines had been distributed, and there was a backlog of 7,500 on order. By the end of 1983, it was considered the number one arcade game in the U.S. It certainly did make other games look outdated by comparison. By early 1984, it is reported that Dragon's Lair grossed over $32 million, not bad for a $1 million investment. Of course, all the positives, you're bound to have some negatives. People complained about the loading time on the LaserDisc, and Dyer said that it's a limitation of the technology, but they were working on getting rid of it and that it would be very different in Space Ace and the sequel to Dragon's Lair. The problem was that when those other games came out and were released, they were wonderful in the same way Dragon's Lair was, but people just weren't interested in playing it. They had gotten their fill on Dragon's Lair, and Space Ace and Dragon's Lair 2 would not do well. It probably didn't help that it took forever to put out Dragon's Lair 2. In the meantime, Space Ace would come out in October of 83, just four months after Dragon's Lair. Then it was fully released in the spring of 84, and it had all the great qualities that Dragon's Lair had. Very similar setup, and I think that was the problem. The story was great, but it just wasn't... That next step that everybody hoped it would be. I think people wanted to see more of the traditional video game ability to move around and make decisions, but with those great graphics. That would be very difficult to do in the 1980s. It would be very difficult to do up until only a couple of years ago. In 1991, Dragon's Lair 2 Time Warp came out, and it takes place years after the timeline of the original Dragon's Lair. And it shows that Dirk and Daphne are happily married and have several children. And then Daphne is kidnapped by an evil wizard. So it's up to Dirk to save them once again. Dragon's Lair. Time Warp.
0: Kidnapped? Oh, Daddy! Idiot! Spirited away to a wrinkle in time by the evil wizard Mordrock. Daphne will be forced to marry the wicked Mordrock unless Dirk can save her. Daphne kidnapped! Transported by a bumbling old time machine, Dirk begins the rescue mission. Do it for the children. Once the casket of doom has opened, Mordrock will place the death ring upon Daphne's finger in marriage. And she will be lost forever. In the Time Warp.
1: It took entirely too long for this game to come out and... By the 90s, it was more of a novelty to see a Dragon's Lair sequel in the arcade. And I remember playing it going, oh, cool, Dragon's Lair, and then quickly dying and going, oh, yeah, Dragon's Lair. Then I went home and read my comic books. Today's episode is brought to you by the bus. You need to get somewhere? Get on the bus. Ride
0: the bus, ride the bus, with friendly neighbors like us.
2: Over. and you will go for the lack of parking bus Convenience on wheels How great it feels to relax and ride the bus
1: Love riding that bus My new Dragon's Lair had been ported to other systems I went to sit down and take a look at just how many systems it was ported to and it's numerous Almost immediately the game comes out on the Coleco Atom the ZX Spectrum, the Commodore 64, the Amiga, the Atari, the Atari ST, then it would come out on the NES, the Game Boy, there'd be PC ports, it would come out on Sega CD, and then just about everything moving forward. There's an iPhone game of Dragon's Lair. It's available on the iPad and the Wii and the Nintendo DS. In fact, there's going to be a PSP version coming out soon, so you can't keep this game down. Does this sound familiar? Does, it's probably because you watched Dragon's Lair, the cartoon produced by Ruby Spears between 1984 and 1985. During that original season it aired on ABC and then if you're thinking, well I wasn't even alive then or wasn't watching TV you probably saw it on the USA Cartoon Express, all aboard the Cartoon Express where it would run in the 80s and early 90s. The series chronicled the adventures of Dirk and Dirk performs all sorts of great deeds, all to protect his kingdom and Princess Daphne. The show didn't run very long, sadly. The show's original run was from September 8th, 1984 to April 27th, 1985, for a total of 13 episodes, each a half hour long. Bob Sarlett played Dirk the Daring. Ellen Gerstle played Princess Daphne. Fred Travelina played King Ethelred. Michael Mish played Timothy. Arthur Burkhardt played Singe. Peter Cullen played Bertram the Horse and Sir Hubert Blunt. And Clyde Revel played the storyteller. And the storyteller would appear before each commercial break and would ask the viewer to solve problems facing Dirk, sort of like you were playing a game, and after the commercial break, the outcome of those choices were shown, and then Dirk would do the correct one, with some exceptions.
0: The bridge or the rope? Or is there another way across? What would you do? If Dirk had chosen the bridge, this would have happened. And if he'd chosen the rope...
1: In two thousand three, Crossgen Publishing put out a mini series based on Dragon's Lair, and it incorporated elements from that cartoon. I believe later it would be released and expanded upon by Arcana Studios. So if you're a fan and you like comic books, like I do, you should pick up this miniseries. If you watched the TV show Starcade in the nineteen eighties, which was this video game based game show, Dragon's Lair was one of the games in Starcade. I just want to point that out because I often fantasized about getting on Starcade, and I would have these horrible thoughts about how poorly I would do if Dragon's Slayer came up.
0: Saturday's Supercade will return after these messages. The Pioneer Combination CD laser player, with a 60% sharper picture than most VCRs, and the incredible clarity of CD sound. It makes movies, music, and concerts truly come to life. Enter Pioneer's Laser Digital Dream Stakes. And Zap! You could win a trip for two to Pioneer in Japan to receive the super system of your dreams. Entry forms at your Pioneer dealer. Absolute Entertainment brings the excitement of an arcade legend home to your Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Experience all the outrageous out-of-this-world action of Space Ace. Being the defender of truth, justice and the planet Earth has a lot of upside. You've got rugged good looks, rippling muscles, and a beautiful girlfriend named Kimmy. Then there's the hard part. You're pitted against the evil Commander Bork, who's blasted you with his dastardly fatal ray and turned you into a little kid. Kidnapped Kimmy and is threatening to conquer the Earth. And on top of all that, your name is Dexter. Your job? Rescue the girl. Save the world. Run the bad guy out of the solar system and regain your manhood. Not necessarily in that order. It's Absolute Entertainment Space Ace for the Super Nintendo Entertainment
1: System.
2: And now, back to Saturday's Supercase.:
1: So if you're a Dragon's Lair fan, there's a chance that you can be very happy one day because Don Bluth... And Gary Goldman have written a Dragon's Lair movie, and it's scripted and ready to go into production if financing can be put in place. The film would be in the classic, traditional animation style that you saw in the game. But you know how it is with projects like this. It's just languishing. But if we can get a Tron sequel out there, I think we can make a Dragon's Lair movie happen. So get on the internet, people. Make this a reality. In 2007, a Blu-ray version of Dragon's Lair was released, and it had a high-quality HD transfer and went through a six-month process to clean and remaster the image on it. So if you're a fan, and you want to see Dragon's Lair in its full glory, you should try to track down a Blu-ray copy. So there you have it, brave listeners. The Dragon's Lair episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Dragon's Lair is a cult game, and understandably so, because it couldn't help but wow you when you spotted it. And if you saw it once, it's stuck in your memory, even if you never played it, and... Like a lot of those sort of memory worms, they stick with you and you remember them. And then when somebody brings it up, you go, oh yeah, I remember how great that game was. Try not to just remember how great it was if you have the opportunity. If you see it in an arcade, pump 50 cents into it. It's really worth it. And if you have the technology, pick yourself up a copy and give it a shot. The story is engaging. The gameplay is a little stale now, but the animation is still wonderful and it looks great cleaned up. And the more popular it gets, the better chance we have of seeing that movie one day.
2: Good evening. Remember when penny arcades were full of pinball machines? Then came the era of computer games like uh, Space Invaders or Pac-Man? Now there's a revolutionary new kind of game made possible by a breakthrough in laser disc technology. It's called Dragon's Lair, and it lets you control the actions of a character through a beautifully animated three-dimensional
0: adventure.
1: Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, drop by the website at www.retroist.com. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at facebook.com retroist and twitter.com retroist. If you like the music that you heard at the beginning of the show, that music is by PG. PG does a lot of the music for the Retroist podcast. And if you have some musical needs, email PG at PG at retroist.com. If you like classic gaming, we have a game review site, games.retroist.com. We also have a Game Room Challenge that is run by Vic Sage on the Xbox Live Arcade on a regular basis. We just finished our first challenge. If you'd like to be involved in the Xbox Live Challenge, just friend Vic Sage on Xbox Live. His handle is Unicron2005. It's a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. has been a reckless production goodbye